0: Some Christians mistakenly suggest that if you take the Bible seriously, you must stand against the existence, as well as the health and even humanity, of transgender or gender nonconforming people. Actually, the opposite is true. In this episode, we're going to talk about how the Bible affirms transgender and gender nonconforming people, and how misinterpretations and binary thinking cause people to follow harmful, false teachings. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay?
1: Hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts podcast. Wow, we're here. (laughs) You're here. Wow. We're all here. We're all here. Cheers. Cheers. I I have
0: water. That's all I've got.
1: Again, welcome. We're so glad you're here. So glad you're here or back or for the first time or for the 52nd time because this is episode 52 and we didn't do anything to like celebrate 50, but hey, you know, 50 is the new... I have no idea what I'm talking about. Never mind. Again, welcome. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe, share, and support if you can. We do have links for all of that on freedhearts.org as well as A place there that you can easily connect with us and take advantage and check out all of our resources. We need to do a little faith disclaimer here because we just want to remind you that we're not promoting Christianity. We're not trying to get you to go to church or leave a church. What we are about is dismantling, deconstructing false teachings and a harmful religion that causes the hearts of so many people to be in bondage, i.e., free hearts. We want to free hearts to love and be loved, and we have to address the Christian faith thing, specifically because it has been the source of much of the false non-affirming teaching we are committed to dismantling and deconstructing. So if you get triggered by anything, I want you to just know you're safe. You're safe here, okay?
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely.
1: Okay. All right. We are going to talk about how the Bible you affirms— You didn't say your name or oh, my, my name. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you, you do it.
0: I am here every day. Which
1: <laughs> and this is why I do this. Let me try that again.
0: My name Hi. is Susan Cottrell. Glad you're here. I am here all day, every day with
1: Robert Cottrell.
0: Yes. <laughs> we we're someday gonna take her <laughs> act on the road here. We are.
1: You're and this just that just amplified and, and solidified that you are the substance and I am the slick. <laughs> so here we go. All right. You know, debates related surrounding LGBTQ plus issues have usually been about same-sex relationships for lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, often excluding reflection or discussion on the unique issues related to gender identity. Some Christians mistakenly suggest that taking the Bible seriously requires people of faith to stand against the existence as well as the health and even humanity of transgender people. Well we take the Bible I don't know, I don't know, big sigh, oh. all right, let it out. Yeah. Well, we take the Bible seriously, and we take a high view of Scripture, which means we look at context, original language, at a translation history, and the common threads and themes of Scripture. And therefore, we are fully affirming.
0: That's right. And by take the Bible seriously, you mean we keep it in its proper historic context. Right.
1: Again, we take it seriously by not just reading our our modern-day English translation we look at, The context, the original language, the the,
0: what it was meant to be for, what it what its purpose is exactly, exactly. It's not to be, you know, the go to for every little tiny thing.
1: That's a whole other episode. But again, yes, we take it. Yes, 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 yes. We take all those things into consideration, and we want to talk today about how the truth of Scripture, the Bible, affirms transgender and gender nonconforming people. And and the misinterpretations and binary thinking that get in the way of that truth and cause people to follow false and harmful teachings. Now, when we use the word transgender, we're describing a person whose whose gender identity is different than the sex they were assigned at birth. It's an adjective. It's a descriptive word and can encompass a variety of non-binary and gender expansive identities. If this is new to you, if your head is already spinning a little bit, it's okay. That's, it's normal to feel overwhelmed. It's new uh, for a lot of us. And you may be afraid that other people will accuse you of affirming transgender and non-binary people simply because, oh, it's the trend. It's a PC thing to do now. It's just it's a thing to do. Well, you know, I hear that all the time in some of our more traditional Facebook groups for newer parents of LGBTQ kids.
0: Forgetting that this contingent of people has been here throughout history. Throughout right. history.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and I don't we'll, know if you're
0: about to say that. No, but,
1: but we'll talk about that. How yeah, they look
0: it. It's right. always been here. That's okay. right.
1: There there has been, there has been wonderfully an increase in transgender visibility in the media. That's awesome. But at the same time, unfortunately we have never seen as many dangerous trans-exclusionary bills in state legislatures, public faith statements made about transgender people in churches, or higher rates of recorded crime and violence against transgender people. So it's a beautiful time, and it's a challenging time for sure. And it's uh, it's always a profound act of strength to encourage, to come out to yourself and your community. And for the friends and family of transgender non, gender non-conforming people, to publicly express your love and support in many contexts can be challenging as well. But hear me, hear me now, it is an act of critical support, love, and solidarity to do that. It means more than you know. A reminder, 57% of transgender youth without supportive parents attempt suicide. When even one parent, just one parent is supportive, that number drops to 4%. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, we've been wanting to talk about transgender for a while now. I know I have, because it's such a divisive issue for people. So before we get going, let me say that we are both cisgender, straight cisgender. So we realize that this is not our lived experience, though it's our kids' lived experience, They and their partner have taught us a lot. And we know that marginalized communities need and want the dominant culture to speak up for them. Not to speak for them, but to speak up for them. Mm,
1: That's a good distinction.
0: Yeah, Yeah. To help magnify their voice. So we're speaking as cisgender people on behalf of this community that we love very dearly. A community that includes our child and their partner. Also, I'm going to pull in some really good insight from my friend, Joy Layden, a transgender woman. And a Jewish professor at Yeshiva University, and a brilliant person. So I'm glad to include her wisdom here. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. We want to speak up because people have strong opinions, informed or not. Even people who you would think would know better. I mean, J.K. Rowling wrote seven books.
1: Wait, is it Rowling or Rowling? Rowling. Rowling. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've I've done that, and we need to know. Yeah. That for sure, because we have some surprise stuff coming up for you soon. Yes, we'll announce we do. actually. By the time this comes out, we may have teased it already. So we have 25 amazing Wizarding Days coming up. Anyway, back to what you were saying.
0: Harry Potter, reclaim the Harry Potter you love.
1: Reclaiming the Harry Potter you love. Speaking of the author.
0: Yes. Well, you know, she wrote these wonderful books about not prejudging things you don't know anything about, and yet she's spoken harshly against trans people. And then when she was called out, she doubled down. So I understand that people struggle with this, and there are plenty of people in her position too, but I understand people struggle with this. We have a lesbian friend who says, you know, I get being gay and lesbian, but I just don't understand transgender. Mm. I know. I mean, anything that is unfamiliar can be a challenge to understand. And when it comes to gender, that just seems to go to the very core of who we are. I mean, I feel female just about as much as I feel human. Mm. It goes very, very deep and to be misgendered is really disquieting, i.e. maddening. Like, did I tell you this story when I was five years old? I'm sure I've told you. And I I was at the barber with my dad, (laughs) and he was getting a haircut. And the barber looked at me. I was sitting on the floor, minding my own business, and he said, does that little boy want a haircut too? And, And he grinned those idiotic grins after a really silly joke. And I thought, what is the matter with you? I mean, I had short hair, but good grief. It was clear that I was a girl. I was probably in a dress because, you know, it was the 60s. You know, can you tell it still wrangles me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do not like it. But think about you at five years old. Would you like to have been misgendered? I mean, would you like to be misgendered now?
1: Yeah, that's something we really can't even fathom out there, that happening as at an airport. I mean, our daughter Hannah gets that sometimes because she's you know, short hair or or shaved head or whatever. but
0: And the way she dresses and yes, the whole thing. Yeah,
1: but most of us can't even fathom what that would feel like. But I think if we take a minute, we know that it would not.
0: It does not feel good. She was flying would, in and out of Mexico and they were calling her Hoven, <laughs> which is young boy, young man. It
1: would kind of challenge who we are at our very core. And yes. the same thing happens with transgender people.
0: Yes. And, you know, I mean, gender starts when we're very little we it feels like a fact because one of our early questions is you know is that a boy or a girl if we don't know it's not clear we ask that from very tiny so it it's very deep in our culture but not all cultures are like that some have ample room between genders or transgender for in between genders you know between just male
1: like and female
0: binary yeah and people who don't give two hoots about religion will still throw the Bible in. They don't care at all, but they all say, well, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, or God made Adam and Eve, not Madam and Eve. Wait, wait.
1: <laughs> Hang on.
0: Did you make that up? I did. The second one I made up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have not heard that.
0: <laughs> but they grab religion because they're trying to pull in support for what they already believe. I mean, somebody wrote me. He said, my uncle said that God made one man for one woman, and there was never any in between. Okay, For this to be the mic drop that the uncle thinks it is, he has to step over hundreds of years and several books in the Bible that talk about the patriarchs with their hundreds of wives and concubines. Is he just skipping over that? How does he step from Genesis to today without even touching down in that whole multiple wife and concubine thing? Yeah. Well, yes, it happened. I've heard people say this, but it wasn't God's plan. Oh, really?
1: God must be very weak.
0: Yeah, right. All these things we keep doing that are not God's plan. No, you don't get away with that because Second Samuel 12 has God saying to David, if this had all not been enough, the kingdom, the wives, everything, I'd have given you more.
1: <laughs>
0: so wow. let's be honest. There is not a word against this throughout that ter- period of time in the Bible. So let's not just read back into things to suit ourselves. Well said. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, we have to be honest and not let things get away from us and pretend we're all defending the Bible as if it needs defending or defending God as if God needs defending when what we're really doing is using this to support what we already believe. Yep. Yeah. And so I'm going to address a handful of biblical passages here because they've been grossly misinterpreted and they deserve to be represented better. Well represented, truthfully. Represented honestly. That's yeah, right. Honestly. Yeah. So let's take it down a notch <laughs> <laughs> and not pretend that God will not allow us to defend or even be kind to this community of people when it is our own prejudice and, dare I say, our church leaders who will not allow us to be kind. So the first thing I want to do is I want to I want to get some compassion for all of us you know, some empathy for this community to put ourselves in their shoes, just to put a toe in their shoes, really. So here's my analogy.
1: I've heard you do this. I think I know what you're doing, but I love this. This is really cool. This is really cool.
0: Well, I say, okay, imagine there were a fire in your closet, just your closet, (laughs) and you lost all your clothes. Just go with me here. And you had to wear someone else's clothes, like, you know, your best friend or whatever gives you all of her clothes, and it's the same gender even, how would you feel? How comfortable would you feel? Now, imagine if you had to wear someone of the opposite gender. I say opposite. That's our common language. Someone of the gender you don't identify with, you had to wear their clothes. How comfortable would you feel? Now, what if they called you by the name of the person who gave you those clothes? Everywhere you went, hey, Jerry, it would drive you mad it would you know that's not you but after a while you would begin to doubt your own experience of yourself wouldn't you and if you said hey i'm not jerry i'm cheryl but people would scoff at you or beat you up or kill you you really really wouldn't know where to turn
1: i think in that situation you feel very lost and very alone and very vulnerable, which yeah. you are. Yeah.
0: And terrified. And terrified. And doubting your own sense of reality yep. and your sense of self. You can't even trust yourself to know your own gender because nobody will get it. Yeah. You can't trust anything about yourself then. And
1: I think if you're standing by while this is happening, and it is happening, it out is happening. There, and if and you're not speaking up, then put your Bible down and start speaking up. Because yeah. your Bible And common sense, common humanity asks and requires that much. That humanity, that basic humanity, that pure, beautiful, basic humanity is the starting point.
0: Yeah, no matter what you think about it.
1: And sometimes the ending point, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Compassion is the thing that's needed. Okay, so next I want to, so that was the compassion piece. Next, I want to look at how gender is not a binary. Even though to the untrained eye, it sure looks like it. But it's not,
1: and the systems that are out there—the the, the the check boxes and the male, female—and we only have two choices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, the system is set up just really for control and organization and and whatever, right. and because that's what the leaders. It's patriarchal. Of, that's right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, organizing people. Once you're organizing people, you're probably shaving off a lot of edges and doing a lot of damage. So. I always say this, you need to look no further than intersex Mm. to see that gender is not a binary. People are born intersex, meaning that they have both male and female characteristics or neither to a greater or lesser degree. It may be visible or it may be internal. It may be chromosomal. What it is not is binary.
1: Mm. That's really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't know this until I started this work, but there are people with male sex characteristics outwardly who also have a uterus. And there are people with female outward characteristics who have testicular tissue. It's like, okay, this, this exists in the real world, probably among people you know, but you just don't know this about them because why would they share it with you? And if you're talking about someone with male genitalia, what's the difference really if it's their chromosomes telling them that they're female, or if it's their brain telling them they're female. It's, it, that's just one of the organs sending information, isn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah, these people are not, they're not mistakes.
0: Yes. And we say that because <sighs> people love to say, well, God doesn't make mistakes. I agree. We I agree, agree with that. We're yeah. not the one saying this is a mistake. Absolutely. Yeah. Or it's a result of the fall. Give me a break. That's the thing. No, patriarchy yeah. is the result of the fall, <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. this. And yes intersex and people and transgender people and any people are not mistakes. And if that is you, you are not a mistake. Get that very clear. Or you heard child. it from us. Or your child. You are not a mistake. Your child is not a mistake. And for decades, really, since we've been since we've had the medical technology, doctors have been adjusting, air quotes, i.e., operating on intersex people to make their genitalia fit what the doctor and society think they should look like.
1: Mm. Sometimes yeah. this happens at birth too, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. yes. Shortly after birth or at birth. And they're making guesses on intersex people about whether maybe, maybe they should be male or female. I mean, they they use measuring tapes Jeez. to decide if this protrusion is big enough to develop into a manly penis or not. Wow. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. And now that so many of these people are adults, they're pushing back saying, you know, I really wish I had had the choice. You did not non-consensual cosmetic surgery on me as an infant. And it ruined all my summers were spent in surgery and recovering from surgery. I never got to do any of the Mm. camp or anything. And you made that choice for me against my will, without my consent.
1: Do parents often not know about this?
0: Oh my gosh. Well,
1: they know,
0: but the doctor, you, you can't. No, it's, it's phrased can't underestimate it's in a way.
1: Yes.
0: How it's, the power of the doctor is almost insurmountable. I think we've come a long way today, and people are questioning their doctors a lot more. But when the doctor says for your child to have a normal, functioning yeah. life, Sex life, this surgery is is expected. If he said they need heart surgery, you wouldn't say, "Well, I'm not sure about that." Yeah. And so you just take take it for granted, say, "He," yeah. because yeah, it's, it's a predominant a way, uh, predominance of history. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: presented in a way like it's a problem that needs to be fixed.
0: Right. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, Instead yeah, yeah. of it's okay. it's a difference, and we all have differences.
1: Now, wasn't there an <laughs> SNL skit about this?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Remember that where they said. All the babies Dr. Jones delivered were girls. Some required surgery, but they were all girls. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, now that we are in this, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's much weirder than we thought. Yeah. Much worse than we thought. But now, I want to be very clear that transgender is not the same as intersex. Mm. I'm not saying it is, but I bring it up because it's such a visible way to say that things are not biologically male or female. That's not biology. Yeah. So let's, 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 yeah,
1: let's, let's get into the Bible. Oh my gosh. I
0: heard somebody pick up a banana and say, I want to be an orange. Inside, I'm an orange. And, and I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Now, let me just say that no matter what you do to that banana, well, over time, you could actually probably morph it by breeding. But anyway, it's going to remain a banana. But a person is much more biologically complex. And they have a mix of hormones, so let's not be just mean yeah, just and ridiculous about no, it. That's just, folks it. just, that's
1: just yeah, right.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Yeah. So let's yeah. Bible. 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 Yeah.
0: So to do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to a paper by my friend Joy Laden. Hi, Joy.
1: Again. She's not here with us, but she's <laughs> no. Listening, but probably. she'll
0: listen, I assume. And this is from November of 2021, so like wow, recent. She's an author, a scholar, a professor.
1: She's at Stern University.
0: Stern or College of Yeshiva yeah. University in New York. Yeah. yeah. And I trust her with the Hebrew, with the Hebrew Bible, which Christians have, you know, rebranded as the Old Testament. I would trust her more than I would trust Christians. The Jews had it long before Christians changed it. So and you, said she was, it.
1: you said she's she's transgender. And she's
0: transgender. Yeah. 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 So she has lived this and some of this i've been teaching for a while now and and some i haven't but i like to include her in the speaking for us here mm-hmm. part yes so okay genesis 127 god created human beings male hey, and female don't
1: forget if you get triggered with all you're safe here
0: you're I'm safe sorry. here you're, i'm going, going to deconstruct here. it we're we're yeah. looking under the bed for the monsters so that i can take it apart for you okay There's no monsters okay well The monsters of this interpretation is what I mean. That's true. That's true. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. God created human beings, male and female, as if that's a mic drop. As if this, that is, you know, gender binary is God's divine plan. And transgender and non-binary people, therefore, are not. But we know that's not true. If we just put on our thinking cap for just a moment, we see that God created night and day.
1: That's it. Night and day.
0: Yeah, that's it. Night and day. Boom. It's suddenly night. Well, of course not. There's all kinds of gradation in between. Dawn, dusk, twilight, Mm. or God created land and sea. Land and sea, that's it, boom. Yeah. Done. Yeah, notice at the beach, that big drop-off between land, suddenly at sea? No, it's all kind of gradation. And we have marshes and whatever, sinkholes, all those Mm. things. So where does land end and sea begin? But this is a rhetorical device. Genesis
1: 127 is a rhetorical
0: device. Yes, this land and sea, it's a rhetorical device, very common where the two ends imply everything in between. Has anybody ever said Jesus is the Alpha and Omega? Yeah. That doesn't mean Jesus is just A or Z. It means everything in between. That's what it means. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So put that way, it's easy to see that these are bookends that include everything in between, not the only two options. So a lot of that was me, but Joy adds wonderful insight to it here. She says, Gender binary is used as a cornerstone of our relationship with God, that God's concept of humanity is reflected in our bodies, our intimate relationships, our families, customs, rituals, and communities. Then transgender and non-binary people, like me, she says, who do not identify as the gender associated with the sex of our bodies, must either be deluded or heretical, misunderstanding who God means us to be, or rejecting the divine human relationship and opposing the divine order of creation. Wow.
1: <laughs> That's a lot. That's
0: a lot. That's a lot. And she also adds this gem she said, regardless of our motivations, our claims that people really can be transgender or non binary and deserve to be acknowledged and respected as such are seen as an existential threat to the religious traditions that safeguard the sacredness of our family and community and humanity. Mm. Yeah, you see that? It's so it's. Acknowledging transgender or non-binary or gender non-conforming threatens the religious traditions.
1: The whole narrative doesn't threaten God. No, that's right. That's right. Doesn't
0: threaten people. It th- threatens religious traditions and the power that goes with that.
1: Well, just the whole idea of that. I mean, it, it threatens the narrative. It threatens the, the systems that have been used. Again, if you can label someone, then you can yes. decide if they're in or out. Yes. Without labels, it you just have to treat people.
0: <laughs> yeah, you just have Love. to let people be who they are.
1: Right. But if I can label somebody, then I can say, oh, that person in that category. Then
0: you can dismiss them.
1: I can dismiss them. Or I can include them.
0: Yes. Right. Exactly.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So Christians, too, have churches with strict gender lines and gender roles. Oh, yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of churches, and, and Joy says this about her orthodox judaism she's not orthodox but orthodox judaism and many christian traditions historically have divided even their worship you know centers into male and female as she said that women are often relegated to the second story gallery far from the pulpit
1: well the binary is just not so it's not so
0: it's not so it's people many people want it because it keeps people in charge in charge
1: and god didn't ask for that
0: no I mean, god, this is not from god This is not from God. So something is more at stake than God wanting this gender binary. It's our institutions Mm. whose bread and butter is the gender binary. But it's not true. So Joy points out, in fact, that several of the early rabbis interpret Genesis 127 to say that the first human beings were androgynous, both male and female. Mm. And my seminary professor in Hebrew Hebrew said the same thing, said that Adam— means the individual, not the man. And it's only after Adam... Adam. Right. Is found to have no partner, having looked through all the animals first, that the individual, Adam, is put to sleep and then differentiated into male and female. And that makes a lot more sense. The prototype human is not a man. (laughs) If so, then women would not be part... Of it, if they were just taken out as an adjunct to men, they would not have equal footing. And that is not the case. Mm, But you can see why a patriarchal church would want that to be, would teach that. If you're going to posit the Bible, if you're going to claim the authority of the Bible, you have to interpret it correctly. Otherwise, you're just puffing smoke and doing what suits you. So don't let people, you know, if, if they attack you, what the Bible say. There's more to this than you understand here. Here are some resources. In fact, Joy wrote that the Talmud includes a discussion of how to adapt binary-based religious laws to accommodate people we would now call intersex, whose bodies cannot be categorized as either male or female. So, you know, here and elsewhere, rabbinic comments recognize that the divine order of creation is not threatened by ways of being human that don't fit the Gender binary, and that 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 God's concept of humanity is vaster and more varied than we can comprehend. Just as God is bigger and more vast than we can possibly comprehend. I remember someone saying to me, "God is not a mystery." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Mystery means unknown. Really? You know everything there is?" Well, in the same way, and this just hit me from what Joy said. In the same way, humans are much vaster and more varied than we can comprehend. So come on, get get with the program here. You know, and Genesis also says, I'm doing a whole lecture series here.
1: That's all right. Um, this is what we're here for.
0: Yeah, Genesis also says that God created people in God's image, male and female. God created them.
1: Wait, 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 wait. God's not male?
0: God is not male. I hate to break it to anybody. Actually, you I'd got, love to break it to you them. You got
1: a lot of art and a lot of churches that need to come down. Then, yeah.
0: So. It feels so intuitive and so obvious. Of course. I mean, of course God is
1: not male.
0: Yeah. That's crazy talk. But you say that in a tightly bound religious institution, and they'll show you the door. No kidding.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Even a child can recognize that, can't they? I mean, even a child knows
0: that. Yeah. Even a child knows better than God is a a male. In fact, Joy did. She told me about this, and I really resonate with this because— as I said many times, I knew God long before I knew religion, and God was the one who helped me through my childhood. God is not the one behind the problems, the difficulty in my childhood, and I knew that intuitively and strongly early on. And, and Joy said something similar, She said, but she said it much more beautifully and bigger than I did. She said, I've always been aware of and engaged with God's presence. I've also always been what we now call transgender. Even though I was born, raised, and lived until my mid-40s as a male, from my earliest childhood, I felt that I was female. From the time I began reading the Bible as a child, Jewish Bible she's talking about, I knew that God couldn't be what human beings mean by male or female. That gave me a sense of kinship Mm. with God. Neither of us fit binary gender categories, and both of us were invisible and incomprehensible to those we loved. If you are gender non-binary or transgender or anything outside the lines, I want you to seep that in, that God is also not what we call male or female and you have kinship with God. Neither of you fit the gender categories, the binary, and both of you are invisible and incomprehensible to those we loved, to use Joy's word. And She also said that contrary to the culture war, I've never felt a conflict between being religious and being transgender. Without God's presence and help, I wouldn't have survived a childhood spent hiding who I was from a family and a world I knew would reject me. God did not reject me. God had made me. God sustained me through years of suicidal depression. No matter how others see me, God is always there. People like me, she says, prove that identifying as transgender or non-binary is not inherently secular or at odds with religious faith. Indeed, for me, as for many of us, the difficulty of being transgender in a binary gender world led me to cling more fiercely to God. The existence of transgender and non-binary people who does not defy God's will, instead, we manifest God's will because, as I knew from earliest childhood, it is human culture, not God, that sorts everyone according to binary gender. And it is God, not binary gender, who determines who we are. Wow, She said, neither God nor I fit binary gender categories. Isn't that fantastic? I love that. And not to divert the thought, but I think women can say, neither God nor I fit the categories lined out for us. People of color can say, neither God nor I fit the categories lined out for us. I mean, you know, God is the God of the outlier. If God does not line up alongside the outlier, then it's not God we're talking about. Can you let that in for a minute? If you experience that God does not line up alongside you as an outliner, out, then it's outlier. not that outlier. Then it's not God you're talking about. Mm. And we human beings are made in the image of this category defying God. We are made in that image.
1: Yeah. If we are made in God's image and God doesn't fit in those categories, then we don't
0: fit exactly. in those categories. Exactly. And,
1: to, and, and they will
0: fight you tooth and nail to tell you that God does.
1: Yeah, well. Just, just use, just use the not, word she
0: for God and see what yeah, happens. or
1: they, yeah. That's <laughs> that. God when, is
0: really a they. When
1: they do that, honestly, they're not taking the Bible seriously. They don't have a high view of Scripture. So we, we now, you now, we now know better. So, and
0: people I'm, often accuse others of the very thing they're doing. So when yeah. they tell you you're not taking the Bible seriously, it is they who are not taking the Bible seriously.
1: I love that. Neither God nor I fit binary gender Categories. Yeah, you know, I want to add a couple of things. Um, and first, just a couple of things here, just to, to to wrap up. And that was yeah, awesome. Thank we, you so much. No, this welcome. is a long episode, but that's okay. This is a, this it's is a big worth episode. It. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and the first is a common false teaching about the Bible passage in Deuteronomy twenty two five. I don't want to let this go untalked about. Yeah. And that's where it says a woman shall not wear a man's apparel nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for whoever does such things is abhorrent to the Lord your God. That's the only verse in all of scripture that directly even references gender-based notions of clothing. While in many cases, transgender people are not in fact cross-dressing, which is a term that implies one is crossing their gender identity, Rather than confirming it,
0: gosh, that's amazing.
1: But instead, they're actually affirming and reflecting their gender identity through the clothes they wear. And there are lots of interpretations about this passage that involve fabric and worship rituals and patriarchy gender roles in the temple and marketplace, blah, blah, blah. Look into that all if you want to. But
0: let me say that that one verse, from what I understand, was against men who would dress as women. To avoid going to war,
1: exactly. Okay, so they were all kinds of reasons shirking
0: their expected duty. So it has nothing to do with exactly.
1: Yeah, look into this if you'd like to go further. But there's a lot of interpretations. But know this: this is not condemnation in any way of transgender or gender nonconforming
0: people. Yeah, that verse. That's right.
1: In fact, it could be interpreted and should be interpreted as an affirmation. A transgender woman should not wear a man's clothes. It's not who she is to live an authentic life. That. I mean, to not live who she is, that's abhorrent to God to me. You know what I mean? Boom. You know? And I want to just talk briefly about several affirming positive passages in the New Testament, or a couple of them at least, actually. The first one is about changing names. When you know, uh,
0: Names are so important in so many cultures and are inseparable from how people connect with one another and establish their meaning in life. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. And while some transgender and non-binary people do not feel that, that affirming their gender identity requires a change in name or pronouns, m- many do, most do, I would think. Yeah. To this end, I think it's important to lift up the way Scripture is filled with stories of people having their name changed, as well as, as stories of people changing the name by which they called upon God, the names they had for God. And all these stories demonstrate that name change can be about proclaiming who one is, recognizing and confirming who one has always been, or a combination of the two. And if you want to look these up on your own, you can can read about Peter in Matthew 16, and about Israel in the Old Testament in Genesis 32, and about Joshua in Numbers 13.
0: Imagine if Peter had said, Jesus said, now I'm going to call you the rock. Peter was the new name. Your name was Simon. I'm going to call you Peter, which means the rock, petrified. And then Peter said, Oh my gosh, that's my new name. And the people around him said, That's not your new name. You're Simon. We're only going to call you Simon. Just imagine that. Or Israel, when, you know, who was Jacob, and God says, No, now your name is Israel. And others around him said, No, 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 you're Jacob. I hope Jacob is the right name. I think I got it right. It's like, How? Frustrating and crazy-making yeah, would that be? I mean,
1: but it doesn't just deny a name in these cases. Yeah, it denies, it denies a, an, an identity. existence, an identity, a purpose. A yeah, future. exactly. So, which is
0: people, are, why people resist your new name if you have one. It it because they don't want to identify the new identity.
1: Names are important.
0: Changing yes. names are affirmed in the book. Yes.
1: Unix are another thing we want to just address because I know that that comes up. And that's another example of the diversity of gender. Deuteronomy 23 and uh, mm-hmm. Isaiah 56, Matthew 19, Acts 8. The word transgender is relatively new. But as you touched upon early on here today, it speaks to a host of age-old experiences. Yes. And if you got into a time machine Are there time machines? Um, I love a time machine.
0: I'm hoping.
1: And interviewed people in the Bible, you wouldn't find anyone who uses the word transgender because the word didn't exist, but you'd still find transgender and non-binary people.
0: Yeah. eunuchs are just an example of diversity and non-binary. Yeah. So honestly, we didn't even cover half of what we could talk about. We did dive in there pretty deep, but there's always more to say. But really, we could sum it up with this from Paul in Galatians. (laughs) Love this. He says, Bible believing Christians, listen up. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I mean, mic drop. Boom. Put a bow on this thing because it is done. (laughs) You know, and by the way, if you would like to read Joy Layden's entire article, it's really worth the reading. Just email me at susan at freedhearts.org, or if you're driving or something, just email us directly through the website. We'll get you that link. It's really powerful. But there is neither male nor female. That is not an all-time, all-standing thing. That's a, a human construct.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up here. And...
0: <laughs> Already?
1: It's <laughs> in, only been 40 minutes. Okay. In, the midst, in the midst of fear and stress and confusion, it's important to remember that we're invited to pause and breathe and simply observe what God is already doing. Yeah. The experiences of gender diversity can be found in nearly every culture throughout recorded human history, and they're actually revered and honored in many cultures. Transgender and non-binary people in the church are Actively preaching and teaching and leading and pastoring and offering their time and their energy and their gifts. And what this tells us here is the real issue is not whether or not a person can be transgender and Christian, or transgender and a person of of, of any faith.
0: Or transgender and a human being. <laughs>
1: right, but whether the church, the non-affirming Christians out there, will acknowledge and empower those who God is already working through.
0: I love that. God
1: is already doing this, church. Will you agree with God or
0: not? Yeah, you and you already have a valid life and a right to be who you are. Amen. Even if others don't agree with you. So the
1: Bible affirms transgender people and gender nonconforming people. Now, so now what? Well, next week, we're gonna kind of continue this a little bit. We're gonna talk about how we are to respond to all of this, to our transgender family and friends with love and affirmation. That's what we're going to talk about next week, and it's going to be awesome. So thank you for being here. Yes. Remember, you are worthy. You matter. You belong. Live an authentic life because you are beloved as you are for who you are.
0: We'll see you next time. We love you so much. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you I am afraid someday, so I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay?
1: You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. Dot org. The music is provided by Hannah Catrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner, and you can find out more about her at heystsinner.com.
0: Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform, and thanks for listening.